Welcome to Parents' Rights Now, a production of Parents' Rights in Education, hosted by Suzanne Gallagher. We are committed to valuing students, empowering parents, and supporting communities to secure great educations for public school children in America. PRE welcomes all students, families, and community members who care about scholastic success for K-12 public school students. Visit our website, parentsrightsined.org, and like us on Facebook. Our chapters include Alaska, Arizona, Colorado, Idaho, Illinois, Maine, Montana, Ohio, Oregon, Texas, Virginia, Washington State, Wisconsin, and something new, Australia. Join us by filling out the form on our website titled, Join Us. You will find information regarding issues and information about local and state chapters. Hey guys, thanks for joining me today. Today is April 19th, Tuesday. I wanted to share with you a testimony that was given to the Salem-Kaiser School District from Angela Plowhead, who is endorsed by Parents' Rights in Education for Congressional District 6 in the state of Oregon. Dr. Plowhead began her career as a signals intelligence analyst with the U.S. Air Force. She earned an associate degree in applied science at the Community College of the Air Force, majoring in communications applications technologies, and then she went on to earn her Bachelor of Science in Occupational Education from Wayland Baptist University with a major in human services and minors in business and communications application technologies and an MA in Phys D in clinical psychology from George Fox University. She completed an internship at the Vanderbilt Virginia Consortium and postdoctoral residency program at the Portland Veterans Administration. She is a clinical psychologist with a specialty in geropsychology. Throughout her training and early career, Dr. Plowhead served fellow veterans as a psychologist at VA medical centers in various capacities for 12 years, including a supervisory psychologist and mental health director of the home-based primary care program. In 2014, she became a small business owner and opened her own private practice where she continues to serve veterans and others who might otherwise not have access to care and provides investigation and expert testimony in court proceedings in multiple counties. We are very proud to endorse Angela Plowhead for Congress. Today, I want to share her testimony to the Salem-Kaiser School Board and Superintendent. This is Angela's testimony. Like many parents, I was not afforded the opportunity to speak during the public comment of your last meeting. As I have already expressed to you, there has been a noticeable trend of a disproportionate number of LUS activists given an opportunity to speak during your meetings, while only a statistically improbable and small number of parents have the opportunity to speak. LUS 
is an activist Latino Facebook group. Back to Angela's testimony. Due to this, I will address my concerns publicly and in writing. While addressing the high rates of suicidality among transgender youth should not be ignored, applying the practices in this district's transgender policy to the entire student body population instead of just those affected by gender dysphoria is ill-advised. There are no studies that I have found looking at the effects of teaching gender fluidity to gender-conforming students or the impacts it could have on the mental health of gender-conforming students. This appears especially foolhardy considering the greatly increased rates of depression, anxiety, and suicide amongst all youth. The U.S. Surgeon General and several national pediatric societies have declared American youth to be in a national mental health crisis. This is just one of many concerns I have about the release of this policy. It is unconscionable that this district's transgender policy dictates that gender-affirming books be put in all district libraries, K-12, with no mention of age appropriateness. Many of these books, which I have seen and which have been found in Oregon school libraries, include extremely graphic and even pornographic content. Often, these books teach children how to engage in sexual acts by themselves and with others, condoning even incest. With the number of children who experience sexual abuse, I find it highly ironic that this board would approve an abuse proclamation in the same week the district released this policy promoting books that condone this behavior. Additionally, it is unlawful to expose children to pornography and teachers are mandatory reporters. I would encourage every parent to examine the content of their child's school library And if pornographic content is found, contact Child Protective Services and file a police report. Administrators and the district should be held responsible for any child exposed to pornography in their school library. This is especially true at a time when four educators in Oregon, to include one in this school district, have been arrested or are currently under investigation for sex crimes against children. All of four of these situations have occurred in the last two weeks. It is extremely ill-conceived that this superintendent would roll out a policy that would make it easier for sexual predators to hide their grooming practice under the guise of comprehensive sex education or transgender inclusion, making it that much more difficult to detect their abhorrent behavior. These practices in this policies put all children at risk for heightened exposure to sexual predation by mandating that teachers, administrators, and counselors help a child transition their gender. Assessing or counseling a person 
for gender transition is a specialty within the mental health field that requires specialized training and competence to engage in. That any school district would not only permit, but require educators to engage in this practice, which is outside their scope of practice and expertise, is irresponsible and could lead to unintentional harm of the student and open the district up to costly lawsuits. Particularly when this policy permits the school to utilize deceptive practices to withhold information from parents that would be life-saving. While this policy seeks to increase the safety of trans students withholding data from parents about a student when the prevalence of mental health conditions and suicidal rates amongst this population are so high could prevent the child from receiving necessary professional services. Preventing parents from being aware of the potential risk of mortality of their child keeps the people who have the most time with that child and responsibility for that child from implementing potentially life-saving strategies for them. This policy has also been implemented at a time when there has been a considerable increase in violence in Salem-Kaiser schools and schools nationally. Just consider the Nevada teacher who was recently sexually assaulted by 16 students who then attempted to murder her. Or the two different girls in Virginia raped by the same trans girl in the girls' restroom. Salem-Kaiser is not without its own issues with sexual assault and assault in general by students toward one another and their teachers. It has become so problematic that teachers have written pleas to the district to solve the issues that have made them feel so unsafe in the school and their classrooms. This policy does not address the needs of students with a history of sexual trauma. Research tells us that 90% of all rape victims in the United States are women, and one in five women in the U.S. report having been sexually assaulted. Yet, only one-third actually report it. The superintendent and board chair indicate that they place the onus on these students to ensure their own safety, rather than for the school district to perform their sacred duty of ensuring the safety of every student. Instead, the district is placing the importance of the inclusion of a very small group of students over the mental health and safety of a statistically much larger group of students. Finding alternatives for the much smaller number of trans students who are already identifying would be a much better option. Statistically, there are far more female victims of sexual assault attending Salem-Kaiser schools than children who are gender nonconforming. Do these victims of sexual assault not deserve to feel safe? Many of these girls who have experienced sexual assault will never tell an adult of the trauma they have experienced. Do they get no say in who will come into their safe space when they are at their most vulnerable? Such as in the bathroom, the locker room, or hotel room while on a field trip 
as indicated in this policy? The superintendent noted a moral and legal obligation for protecting the transgender student. Where is the district's moral obligation to protect the mental health and legal obligation? To protect the physical safety of its female students, who are also a protected class. Teachers and students in Salem-Kaiser School District are regularly assaulted and do not feel safe. I speak to teachers and educators frequently that have been assaulted in school by their students. To this end, I have personally had to remove one of my children from the district due to the district's failure to protect them from excessive bullying and physical assault. It is the responsibility of the district to ensure the physical safety of every student. During the tenure of the current superintendent, disciplinary actions needing to be taken related to student violence have constantly worsened. The superintendent needs to be held responsible for the irresponsible actions taken that have led to reduce safety in Salem-Kaiser schools. Another issue I would have addressed during the public testimony if parents had been given equal time to speak is related to bullying. This school board has taken a no-bullying pledge. Every person who attends the school board meetings needs to be held to the same standard of respect for others and not be allowed to bully or call names during the meeting. The double standard displayed by the board chair has been noticed. If the chair cannot manage the responsibilities of the position, he should be replaced. This same principle needs to be applied to the consideration of a second vice chair. Never before has there been need of a second vice chair. If the chair and the vice chair are unable to manage the responsibilities of their duties, then they should be replaced. Adding an additional bureaucracy to a system that is currently not working is very unlikely to resolve the issue. Angela Plowhead. Guys, we are getting reports from all across the country, reports about candidates who are not willing to admit that they stand for parents' rights. Can you imagine? We've seen that in the past, but not now. People want to know if their views count. And when candidates, especially school board candidates, when they refuse our endorsement, they are not just risking a vote, but those who care will just refrain. Anyone refusing to acknowledge parents have rights are not aware their rights have been stolen. This podcast should be shared to everyone you know. Thank you, Angela Plowhead, candidate for the U.S. Congress. Thank you for standing up for the children in your own school district. This is Parents' Rights Now. Please check your show notes for links pertinent to this podcast. Oh, and one last thing. It would be so, so great if you could help us out financially as well. 
you know, we have ongoing expenses every month and we're growing, growing like crazy. And uh, we do give assistance to all of our chapters. They can uh, ask people in their various states to contribute. So you might want to consider that if there is a chapter in your state, uh, you can indicate that you prefer for the money to go directly to the state. And Pre keeps 20% of that and 80% goes to the chapters to help them with their expenses for printing, etc. A lot of them are putting on events and we encourage them to do that. And so this helps them to grow and to take action. And um, anyway, just go to the donate page on our website, parentsrightsined.org. Thanks much.